another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast on the road, home, following Purdue's 73-52 victory at Penn State. Uh, the official stats for, you know, a couple minutes after the game had 71, and I was ready to tweet out the score, and I didn't know what the final score was. But it's 73-52, Purdue wins, third straight victory. Um, took care of a pesky Penn State team that has caused other teams a lot of problems this year. And Purdue really, from the from the start, they were good on offense. They were good on defense. They were good in the rebounding department. And it was one of those games that I think tells you Purdue is ready for the postseason. Doesn't mean they're going to win the Big Ten tournament. Doesn't mean they're going to win the national championship. But this team just keeps getting better in a lot of different areas. And there's still a lot more room to improve with this team because of its youth. Um, And I've talked about that before. There's no ceiling for this team right now. Um, And to, to go on the road, you know, again, no fans, but to go on the road um, and do what Purdue did to Penn State after, you know, Penn State really pushed Purdue to the limit at Mackey Arena back in January, and that was off after an extended COVID break. Um, and for Purdue to basically manhandle them and dismantle them the way they did um, was was an impressive performance by Purdue. And this is a team Purdue could see in the Big Ten tournament in its first game, depending on where Purdue finishes and all that kind of stuff. But uh, probably the key, you know, a lot of a lot of key numbers in this game, but probably the the biggest stat to take away from this game is the last time Purdue and Penn State played the Nittany Lions grabbed 23 offensive rebounds and had 29 second chance points Uh, then Purdue ended up winning that game 80-72 to well tonight or last night depending on what type of day it is. Um, Purdue out-rebounded them by 13. The Penn State squad had seven offensive rebounds. And none of Penn State starters had an offensive rebound. So that was the difference. And there's someone speeding... Barney Fife, Citizens Arrest. They must be in a hurry to get to the Cracker Barrel. Or it's closed. Or the Meyer, one of the two. Um, so, you know, they Purdue did a much better job in the rebounding department not allowing Penn State to get second chance opportunities. And Purdue shot a, a high percentage to start the game. Ended up over 50%. Had four players in double figures, uh, hit seven three-pointers, 
uh, and just, you know, had an all-around solid game against a team they, they, they should beat, and they did. Um, you know, and if Purdue doesn't clear the bench at the end, who knows how many points they would have ended up with. But, um, you know, again, I think this was a good sign going into the postseason that, you know, Purdue is just they, – they just keep get, getting better. And there's really – no other way to put it or no fancy you know there's no fancy way to put it I mean they're just getting better and I and I you know you I think you can see it you know different players are getting better they're getting together they're getting better as a group uh there's no drop off at, at certain positions when, when you go to the bench I mean Zach Eady's giving you similar production of Travion Williams um you know, Mason Gillis and Eric Aaron Wheeler are interchangeable. You know, Wheeler had another nice game. More rebounds than points. And that's been his M.O. all, all year, especially in the Big Ten. More rebounds than points. Seven rebounds, led the team. I think he had five points, three assists, hit a, hit a three-pointer. Um, and he's, you know, that he's the role player. That's that's who he is. That's who that's who he needs to be for this team. And you can go through other spots too. They're they're getting they're getting good contributions off the bench, no matter who starts. And and Painter did change the starting lineup, which came as a surprise because he usually does not tinker with those things when when his team is winning. But felt having Stefanovic in the uh, in the starting lineup was the best thing and Brandon Newman went to the bench now Brandon uh, struggled tonight he got early foul trouble um, really never got in the rhythm or got into any kind of flow of the game um, and I, I you know I without talking to him I I don't think the the not starting uh, thing hurt him but you know who knows you know he had started every he was the only player on the team to start every game before Friday night which says a lot about how he's played but you know Purdue has its pieces together now and I think they have the lineup that they want out there and and that's just how it's going to be I mean before tonight you know you you you, know, you were bringing Sasha Stefanovic off the bench you know how many how many teams in America were doing that, bringing that caliber of shooter and player off the bench. You know, at one time this year, Jade Nivey was coming off the bench. How many how many teams have that type of talent coming off the bench? So it, it's a good problem for Purdue. You know, Painter has said it. You know, he, they they feel they have probably five seven eight players who could pop, you know, who could start for them. And that, that's a good thing to have because the guys coming off your bench are going to give you a spark. They're going to give you a lift. Uh, and the chances of, you know, everybody on that team and, and Purdue goes 10 deep, the chances of everybody on that team laying an egg on the same night probably doesn't exist. Doesn't, you know, doesn't mean it won't happen. Doesn't mean you won't have guys, you know, you get a string of guys that, you know, have a bad night. 
you know, you're going to lose. And Purdue still has, you know, in my opinion, still a small margin for error in a lot of these games, especially when you're playing uh, the better competition in the Big Ten. And as good of a year as, as Purdue's had, and they've and, and it has had a really good year, it has exceeded what people thought, uh, including those of us that, that follow the team. Uh, I certainly did not think they would be sitting in this position with a week to go in the regular season with a chance at one of the double buys. Uh, and if they win out, the, they'll probably get one. Uh, some other things have to happen. You know, they're right now tied with Iowa for fourth, but Iowa would, would win that tiebreaker based on the, the only meeting between the two teams uh, in the regular season. But if, you know, Purdue wins out... Um, you know, they got a chance to finish third and get the three seed. But I, I certainly didn't think that was a possibility at the beginning, beginning of the year. I thought they would land between, and they still could, they, they would land between five. I think that I, I thought the high water mark was five, fifth place, or the five seed. And somewhere, uh, you know, eight, nine, or ten was probably the low, the low water mark. Uh, but yeah, they could get to three, they could get to four. Um, you know, right now they would be fifth, but a lot of it's going to depend what happens with Iowa. They have three games left. Uh, Ohio State has two games left. Uh, Wisconsin comes to Mackey Arena on on Tuesday, and they've got uh, they've got three games left, I believe. They're ten and seven. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of maneuvering left to see where Purdue's going to fall. Ideally, you you want the double buy if you if you if you want to advance in this tournament. Um, it just gives you one less game. Uh, but I can tell you right now, I mean the, the Big Ten tournament's important, but it's not the most important thing. And if Purdue would go out early. I don't think that would be considered, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think you start worrying about stuff. I, I just, you know, they'll regroup and get ready for the NCAA tournament at that point. And sometimes losing early kind of helps you get you back under, get your legs back under you. But, you know, Purdue's had plenty of time to rest uh, in the month of February because they haven't played a lot of, they played enough games, but they just haven't played a lot of games in a, in a short period of time. Um, and I, you know, that, that probably has helped them. And now, you know, they'll, they'll get a day off on Saturday and then get back to practice Sunday and Monday for Wisconsin. Uh, I think they'll take another day off on Wednesday and go Thursday, Friday, and get ready for Indiana. Uh, so the schedule and the breaks between games is really, I think really helped Purdue. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason they may have played pretty well tonight is they were, they were rested and they were ready, uh, ready to go. Uh, where you see other teams in the Big Ten, you know, they're having to play every other day or, you know, three games in six days type of thing. And, you know, part of that is Purdue, you know, for the most part, other than other than Sasha, you know, taking care of itself from a from a COVID standpoint and not letting it shut down the team or pause pause team activities. Uh, so Purdue hasn't had 
the, the schedule situations that other teams have had. But, um, you know, I think the fact that Purdue was rested going in tonight really helped them, helped them get off to a good start. Uh, had a lot of energy at the at the beginning of the game. You know, a lot of that came from Jaden Ivey. A lot of it came from Merrick Hunter. Uh, you know, Purdue just seemed uh, into it from the start. And, you know, Matt Painter has mentioned a few times in our media sessions about peaking, you know, getting his team to peak at the right time. And I, I, I think they're doing that right now. Uh, I do. And, you know, Wisconsin's going to be difficult coming in here. But, you know, I think Purdue, the way Purdue's playing right now, they're going to be difficult uh, to, to beat. Uh, and Purdue, Purdue usually plays Wisconsin well at home. Fans or no fans. Um, so I think, you know, right now I think Purdue is is going to be a tough out for anybody. Um, but, you know, the, the game at Penn State was, you know, workmanlike and they took care of business, um, built a lead and maintained it. You know, when they needed to kind of crank up the pressure, they did. That came at the end of the first half. Uh, that 8-0 run uh, started with a, you know, Jaden Ivey turned the ball over. Then he went down and blocked a shot. You know, Sasha Stefanovic got a couple steals. Zach Eady got a couple dunks. And Penn State was making a run. And then Penn State wasn't making a run. And it's a 15-point halftime uh, lead. And then, uh, you know, Penn State, I think, hit its first five shots to start the second half. But Purdue was right there. And uh, they were never really seriously threatened. Still getting a lot of questions about the Nebraska game. I, I still think it's in play, but it, it's only—I—I I, I believe it's only in play if if Purdue is in a position to get the four seed uh, in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, if they are, as of right now, they would have to be ahead of Iowa for that to to come into play. They just can't tie Iowa. Um, or they can't be in a tie with Iowa um, if, if the Nebraska game happens. You know, if Purdue, if, if the best they can do is tie Iowa, is kind of what I'm trying to say is there's no need to play that game because Purdue loses the tiebreaker. Now, if they can finish ahead of Iowa, then yeah, I think you, you need to play that game. But any other scenario where Purdue needs the game to, to finish fifth or or even to finish third. I mean, if you have the double buy already wrapped up, three or four is not really. Yeah, first of all, the the, the Big Ten committee's not, or the NCAA committee's not looking at that. The, and by that time, I mean they're just they're just not looking at that. They're looking at other things. So whether you're the three seed, you're the four seed, whether you finish third or finish fourth, uh, is is not that important. Uh, so if, if Purdue has a double buy wrapped up, then uh, there's no need to play that game. But again, if Purdue's in a position to get the double buy and needing a win over Nebraska, then I do think the Big Ten will will do what it do what it can to schedule that game. But um, that game needs to get scheduled early next week, just because that's what needs to happen and you know the date that I've heard is Monday March 8th and Nebraska would be playing at Northwestern on Sunday I would assume they would make that a noon game and then 
Nebraska is already planned to bus from Northwestern to Indianapolis for the Big Ten tournament. And then on Monday, they would just stop by, like, you know, the Lafayette, not the Lafayette, but the, the Washington Generals used to do with the Harlem Globetrotters, just stop by, play a game, play a pickup game, and then head on back to, or head head to Indianapolis. Uh so that that's I think some of the scenarios are being floated around, um, and whether you're the four or five seed, yeah, you got to play an extra game, but there's not that much difference. Uh, Purdue is safely in the NCAA tournament; they don't need to play Nebraska to to get another win for the NCAA tournament. Um, and it, you know, I think I've mentioned before that uh, it might have been on the last the last one that you know I. If you're a Purdue fan, and and if you are a Purdue fan, that's why you're listening to this thing. Um, you kind of you want to play Iowa just to see how you match up because you know Purdue played Iowa such a long time ago. Both teams are different. Purdue obviously is better than what it was in December, and you you want to see how far you've come, and that would be the perfect. That would be the perfect team to, to judge that. Um, so you want to get in position to play Iowa if you can um, and let everybody else kind of beat up on themselves. <laughs> you know, at Michigan and Ohio State and Illinois just kind of, you know, beat, beat on each other a little bit. But um, so anyway, just kind of keep an eye out for the Nebraska. Don't, don't sweat over it. Um, and if somehow they don't play the game and Purdue is the fifth seed, the world, trust me, the world will not come to an end and everything will be fine. Uh, and Purdue will be still in a good position for the NCAA tournament and they'll still be in a good position for the, uh, they'll still be in a good position for, uh, the, uh, Big Ten tournament. So it's, it's, it's not that big a deal, uh, and you'd rather have the day off in the big picture than than trying to play a game and risk getting beat, risk an injury, or or something like that. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, you'd like to get 20 games in, but it just may not happen. But anyway, good win for Purdue, uh, hosting Wisconsin on um, Tuesday night, nine o'clock, late game uh, uh, at Mackey Arena. A uh, couple football items. Um, had a chance to interview Brad Lambert, the new co-defensive coordinator, uh, tonight before the basketball game on Zoom, and um, we'll just say that he's a breath of fresh air compared to uh, the limited. And when I say limited, I really mean limited time that we we had with Bob Diaco uh, during his one year here. Um, get a chance to watch the video at jconline.com. I'd recommend it. Uh, uh, and he just, he just, he, he answered questions and he gave you more. Uh, it was, it was, it was a good 20 minutes. Um, now Jeff Brown may see it and say, well, you can't talk like that anymore. Uh, but he was telling where guys are going to be positioned, what, what positions they're playing right now. It all could be a smokescreen for all we know because we can't watch practice. But, um, you know, give it a look to see. But, you know, I, you know, they're going to be aggressive. I think they're going to fit Jeff's personality. Um, 
and, and we'll see how it comes out. You know, still no, still don't know how the defense is gonna gonna play, but uh, I think you got a new approach, and I you know I think that will uh, at least excite people about what what may happen, and uh, you know kind of go from there. And then Purdue's supposed to scrimmage tomorrow. To what extent? How long? Uh, it'd be their first scrimmage of the spring. Uh, we won't be able to watch, but we'll talk to Jeff Brom afterwards, and we'll see what he what he tells us. So, a few things to look out for over the weekend uh, at jconline.com. Well, appreciate you stopping by. Uh, questions, comments, uh, email, DM on Twitter, however you want to uh, get uh, get get your question or get your comments to me. Feel free to do so, and uh, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast if. Uh, if that's what you want. Anyway, uh, appreciate you stopping by and have a good day.